Hello my lovelies, what's up, it's a good day, I hope you are feeling it. So in today's episode on the Refined Quill podcast, I'm going to be talking about Instagram poetry. The good, the bad, and then the Atticus. So if you're new here, hi, I'm your host Ezra Ginsberg, and basically talking about Instagram poetry, we're going to go through just like describing what it is, what poetry is, um, the pros and cons of it, like why having such an accessible medium to, you know, write poetry is a blessing and a curse. And then we're going to read some good Instagram poetry. We're going to read some like mediocre meh poetry. And then we're going to go into po- um, poetry that makes pornography seem subtle. So if you are interested, please stick around to the end. Like I said, make sure you go follow my Instagram. Support this podcast and my brand, please. I just saw my... um like the info, my stats on who's listening to this podcast, and I'm actually getting people listening to it. So honestly, thank you so much for listening to it, whoever is listening to it right now. It means the world to me to know that people like to listen to hear me waffle and bang on about random things that I deem necessary to talk about. So without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Okay, so the first thing I thought I would do is just talk about what poetry is. So the actual definition for poetry. So... What is a simple definition of poetry? Poetry is a piece of writing that invokes a concentrated imaginative awareness of experience or a specific emotion res- emotional response through language chosen and arranged for its meaning, sound, and rhythm. So basically, poetry is a form of literature. It's a type of writing that is heartfelt, that is emotional. It's, um, it's a way you can kind of bear what you're feeling on the inside. Um, which is why poetry can, like, get almost, look, I don't want to say cringy, but, like, poetry can get very awkward, very cliche, very quickly, because as humans, we like to think that we're all very different from each other, whilst most of us experience the same things, things like loves, breakups, ups and downs, and then we all have differing yet similar ways to look at those experiences and then we like to write about them which means that everyone's poetry sounds the same um and so poetry is definitely to me it's I feel like writing poetry is actually a lot harder than writing just like a story or writing an informational text you know fiction or non-fiction to me poetry is so much harder because you can't waffle on and you can't you know fully describe what you're saying or you can't fully go into detail. It has to still be kind of a little bit vague. And and like when you write a poem, you should have your own intention behind it. But then it should also kind of be left open for interpretation to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, that's like just your basic understanding of poetry for the queens you don't know out there. I've got my tea with me right now. I've just spilt some, so I love that for me. Um, so, poetry has been used, like, all throughout history. We've always had poetry in history. It would be a lie to say that we haven't. Um, and the ways poetry has changed over time is very, like, there's a big difference in what poetry used to be to what it has become now. Different cultures, different languages have different ways of dealing with poetry and different styles and, um, frameworks to express their ideas and to have their poetry. So poetry is definitely something that is not a new thing. It's been around. Um, 
And I think that Instagram poetry, however, is a very new thing. So, I am not someone who believes in intellectual snobbery. I don't think that just because something appeals to a mass audience, it is inherently bad. I don't think that just because Instagram poetry is so much more accessible, um, that it is, like, just because people can read it and it's accessible to a lot of people that doesn't make it bad straight away um because you know some people have absolutely amazing poetry on on their instagrams that is really, really thought provoking and it really makes you think more deeply into the human existence um and then some people write full-on published books of poetry that still just sound like um you spat onto a napkin so with saying that, I want to talk a little bit about the good Instagram poets and the bad Instagram poets. And then also how um, Instagram poetry has kind of lost its meaning with traditional poetry. And Instagram poetry is nothing like traditional poetry. And whether that's a good thing or whether that's just a bad thing. Um, so, the first person I want to talk about is somebody that is definitely well known. I would like to say, in the poetry world. Um, she started off as an Instagram poet and has now had a business. She makes her own books. She writes other stories. She has an absolute collection, an absolute body of work that I think is sublime. I think it's amazing. And she is a living proof. Like, she's living proof that not all Instagram poetry is mediocre and cliche and that Instagram poetry at times can actually be really, really good and it can be a lot better than, you know, poets that have studied and have, like, masters in poetry. And that lady is the one and only Rupee Kaur. So, just for, like, a little backstory to um, all the people who, didn't, who like, don't actually know who Rupee Kaur is, Rupee Kaur is an, is an Indian woman, a brown woman. She's from an a immigrant background as a child, she was sexually assaulted and a lot of her work does kind of um, fit around that theme and it does talk about her experience with being raped as a young girl. Um, I'm not going to read any of that just because I don't want people to feel uncomfortable and I, and I know that um, this is not really me silencing a victim of rape, it's more so just protecting the people who don't feel comfortable with the idea of rape. Um, so I'm not going to be reading in any of those poems. But I have, I have found some poetry that is from her that I think is just really, really pretty. I think that overall it's stuff on kind of like productivity, like an existential crisis that she's had at some point in her life. It's about validation of other people and or just like waiting for someone to come and validate you and... It's a lot healthier to find your own validation and to validate yourself. Um, it's a really, really, really interesting concept. Like, her poetry is really thought-provoking. And that's why I love her work. Because it is thought-provoking. And it makes you think. And it makes you kind of... Like, not adapt. Kind of, like, put yourself into her shoes, but in your own life. And so you kind of seeing through this lens and you're looking at everything in your life through this super deep lens. It helps you look past the mundane and it helps you look into 
you know, is there things in your life that you're doing that are toxic, whether it's waiting for other people to validate you, whether it's feeling anxiety and having people in your life that make you feelings like anxious, um, you know, like toxic friendships, relationships, family members, all of that. It's really, really good stuff. I'm actually going to read you um, some of her poetry now. Okay, so this poem is called Parent Guilt. I'm stuck in this constant cycle of walking off to build my life and walking back because I feel guilty about not spending enough time with them. Basically, the poem just talks about how she is a girl from an immigrant family and how her parents left their country, India, to come to, I'm guessing, Canada, I think, um, to give just the family and themselves a better life and how they worked hard so that she could have opportunities but now whenever she goes to do anything she feels bad because she's not constantly with them in the older age and she's kind of just tackling with this idea of do I build my own life and have my own autonomy or do I have or do I be like a good child basically and do I support my parents in their older more you know vulnerable age um and I think that's actually really, really striking because a lot of Indian people do feel that. That feeling of, do you have your own identity and do you be your own person? Or do you kind of follow the more archaic traditions that kind of bound you down? And do you choose your own life with your own dreams and wishes and your own wants? Or do you just listen to what your parents have to say? <clears throat> because that's what a good child should do like it's really it really makes you look into your own life and think what am I doing wrong and how can I fix that this next one I really like this one is about um being someone of color and being an immigrant and back in the day when she was growing up um society's sort of thoughts towards people of color, immigrants, and how they're taking over the country, and, you know, we don't have any more jobs because you steal all our jobs, and all that, you know, all of that racist, xenophobic stuff. Um, and it is, I thought my brown immigrant body should always work harder than everybody else in the room because that's what made me valuable. Um, that actually makes me low-key kind of sad because brown people or people of color have to be something great or do something extraordinary to be put on the same standard as white people and I don't think that's a very I don't think that's even white people's fault or, that, or that's not anyone's fault I think that's just what people thought of back in the day um and that that's kind of just like made its way into our modern day thought which is really sad um it's the same idea of like if you're a brown person, you have to be brown excellence because if you're not, you're just like every other curry muncher. Or if you are an Arab person, you've got to be overly nice and you've got to be kind to everybody because you, if you stand up for yourself in any situation, if you are slightly aggressive in any context, you're automatically just a terrorist. And I think that um, Rupi Kaur puts, like, she articulates that idea really well that we have to work so much harder, we have to put so much more effort in. When everybody takes two steps, we have to take six steps, and somehow those six steps are only seen as one. Um, and, yeah, I just like just seeing that the actual image under it is people in a, in a factory who have their heads down, 
and they're pushing things along on a conveyor belt and it kind of just shows that they a lot of immigrants build the backbone of our society because they work these jobs things like um transport they work in factories they do this laborious work they work in orchards all of that and they work these low-paying jobs that are the reason why Australia or just any other Western country can continue to thrive and can continue to be a prosperous country. Um, and yeah, I just thought that that was a really interesting thing to kind of share with you guys. This next one is about kind of understanding that other people's opinions doesn't matter. It shouldn't affect you at all because at the end of the day, the only opinion that matters is your own. And that you shouldn't let what people say get to you because they aren't you. And you know yourself better than anybody else does. And so don't let anyone pass judgment and believe the judgment as gospel. And the poem basically goes, No one is qualified to decide your worth. You wake up and live your life every day. Your opinion is the only one that matters. So yeah, like I said, she has some pretty thought-provoking stuff. One thing I like is she's very into, or she has found a way to kind of refine the art of micro-poetry. So if you don't know what that is, basically it's poetry that's not like the classic length that most poems tend to be. It's not something that's like long. It's It's got maybe at most less than four lines and it's very short, very sharp, but very, very powerful. Um, very, very potent, and it's um, basically just poetry that doesn't, you know, bang on and just keep on going and going and going for like lines on end, repeating the same stuff. It's an idea is presented, it's there, make what you want of it. And I think that's really important because in modern day poetry, we're finding ways, or just in modern day life, we're finding ways to kind of like cut the crap and just get to the point. And I think that's really, really important in the way we express art as well. <laughs> now, I'm going to be reading some trifling poetry from Instagram Poets Online. Um, so that was the good. So that was like, to me, Instagram poetry that's actually good quality poetry like poetry that actually makes sense, that actually is interesting, that makes me want to continue reading. And now I'm going to also talk a little bit about poetry that is... I just had some tea. I'm going to talk a bit, a bit about poetry that is not so good. Poetry that's kind of just fake deep poetry. Um, And poetry that's not really... It's like it's meant to be thought-provoking, but it just comes off as super, like, pretentious. Um, so, so, okay, the first person I want to talk about right now, um, is a man named Atticus. Now, Atticus is a very famous Instagram poet, um, and his work, like, his body of work mainly just consists of micro poetry a lot of his work is just two line um poems one sentence poems and because of how short the actual text is it comes off more as like a saying a proverb a quote as opposed to poetry and there's not really any poetic devices because there's no rhyme or rhythm 
or any of that because it's actually not long enough to have any of that. So, I'm going to read you some. This poem is called Most Poets. Most poets die having no idea they were poets. Okay, and? Like, I just think that's such a basic, almost, like, that's just so, like, he really thought he did something. Like, oh, okay, look, Atticus, if you hear this, babe, no shame to you, you do your thing, but what is he saying? Like, normally I'm able to analyse poetry pretty well, but even that had me just like, like, have you smoked a coffee cake? Like, I don't know, I just think that, like, like, what is he doing? Like, that is actually, that makes no sense. Most poets die having no idea they were poets. Then, anyway, moving on. Um, here's one. Give like the sun and the whole world grows tall. One line. That entire thing was one line. Give like the sun and the whole world grows tall. What in the name of Oatmeal Winfrey? Like, that is the most basic, he thought he was some type of, like, volunteer teaching the oppressed masses something. And it's like, we already know that. Be nice and everybody benefits. Like, there's no need... See, like, that's what I'm saying, is micro-poetry is such a difficult thing to get right because the less content you have it can be really short and sharp and simple and get to the point and really like make you feel something when done correctly like how ruby core does it but when you're out here doing it like homeboy atticus it makes no sense it like that's literally a saying like i feel like that's going to be on somebody's instagram bio like that is not a poem that's just a quote another criticism i would like to make about atticus's work is that um, if he's not being pretentious and if he's not doing his little I am some big, you know, enlightened being who can tell everyone that what that how they're living is wrong, he is being um a little bit vulgar, uh, and a little bit just gross. Like most actually like most male Instagram poets can hold up, hold up, hold up. Right now, I'm going to talk a little bit about male Instagram poets and sort of studying Instagram poetry that, like, I guess they thought they were trying to do something. And I guess they thought that maybe I'm onto something here. But it's kind of just come off as this is written pornography. Like, one thing I see a lot with male Instagram poets is a lot of their poetry is just based on sex and romance and love and dating and relationships and a lot of the time um certain body parts are kind of given this like like I guess they're trying to be artistic and they're trying to be like I'm gonna name um I don't know I'm gonna name my downstairs region my garden of Eden of pleasure or something something along those lines and it makes no sense it makes no sense <clears throat> One thing I'd like to talk about a little bit right now is that there is a male poet named R.H. Sin. You might know him. You might have read his stuff on Instagram, seen it on TikTok, Facebook, um, if that's still a thing. 
whatever you like wherever you get your social media and your into poetry you might have actually seen a, like a bit of his work but basically rh sin writes a lot of poetry based on the lives of females of all types of women young girls older girls or older women um poor women rich women he talks about women a lot in his work and a lot of it is very i'm the messiah i'm here to save you i'm gonna tell you something that you don't already know it's it's very it's very mansplaining like that's how to put it it's literally his work is mansplaining and like i just think they're like if you're gonna talk about women as a man like i'm currently doing right now you need to realize that you can't preach to women ideas of freedom and feminism and brand them off as your own because there's probably a woman out there who's already done that and one really big thing like one thing that just gets on my nerves is when certain men believe that they can free women and that they should be at the head of the feminism movement because it's a movement for women about women to make women more empowered and so I definitely think men can play the role as allies like I do but you can't be a man and expect to be at the forefront of the battle in feminism just because that's my personal opinion I could be wrong but I just think that it's like yes it's great to have supporters because if feminism is more widespread it just helps more people more people get the rights and the freedoms to do certain things but I don't think that men should make feminism like their movement and that they should act like they're the ones who invented it and they're the ones freeing women because at the end of the day women have fought for their own rights for so long and a lot of Atticus's work is about women I'm going to read you some she is a storm a magnificent force writing her life story in lightning great to know um there's this one you will be too much woman for every man until you meet your soulmate only <clears throat> oh only a man who doesn't love himself mistreats the woman who loves him like as we can see here oh she's a badass with a big heart okay thank you for that you know like i just said it's very much quick short sharp things that talk about women empower women i get that but um like i just think that it takes on a very i am a volunteer I am a mass like I will help enlighten women and I will bring them up and they're oppressed and they it's it's very male savior vibes that's what I'm trying to say he's 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 a very big male savior which I think is annoying because women can save themselves like we don't like I just think that we as men do not need to be getting in that kind of business we should support women we should never discriminate against them but we shouldn't act like their movement is our movement and that we need to take control of the movement because that's doing what feminism hates and that is taking the control away from a woman when it should be with the woman and giving it to the man personally that's my opinion like like it's just bad like i don't know like i just think that if you are a male poet you can't be out here doing that kind of stuff you can't be out here. I just think that <clears throat> men or, you know, men who aren't really into the 
feminism movement. I don't think they mean to do this, but they end up doing this anyway. They are like unwillfully ignorant. And a lot of these male poets who talk about women and the beauty of women and how, you know, women bring them pleasure. It's very much that, like, it's very much an idea that all women should sit on a pedestal to be worshipped and looked at by men. And that it's like, it's like having an exotic pet. Hold up, hold up, hold up. A lot of these men view women as an exotic pet. And that I love this exotic pet and I respect it because of its beauty. But they're not really going into anything else. And that they're not really seeing the autonomy of this exotic, exotic pet. And that annoys me because <clears throat> misogyny comes in so many different shapes and sizes. It comes in so many different ways. Um, and if it's not an outward, I hate women, they're stupid, dumb and annoying... It'll be, I'm going to worship women as these goddesses, as this Aphrodite, but not a goddess because she's strong and powerful, a goddess because she's beauty. And she is a, like a, a vehicle of pleasure to these men. I think this is like all too common. We see with um, male poetry, male contemporary poetry, or just the male gaze in poetry. A lot of it is very much objectifying all types of females across the world. Like males have objectified women for so long. Men have done that for so long. And despite the fact that poetry has taken a new turn in regards to its medium, and even though we've made poetry more accessible by putting it on Instagram, we've made it more modern, um, we still have some of those really archaic old world views towards women. So even if it's not an outward hate towards them, it, it's this like very subtle, I need to keep you behind a glass, you know, wall. I need to keep you in this glass encasement because you're this precious artifact that I'm going to have to myself. Like it's, 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 it's really weird. It's really weird, you guys. So honestly, hold up. I'm like leaning over on my chair. Out. Okay. If you're going to make poetry and if you're going to write some poetry, you need to be so much more careful about how you're writing it and what message you're portraying. Because obviously everybody has a right to their own opinion and poetry is meant to be a way to articulate the feelings that you're feeling inside. Um, and it's a way for you to kind of put all of that inside and like that, all that inside emotion and just like passion that you have like inside of you, in your brain, in your heart, to kind of spew that onto paper, that's poetry. Poetry is emotion. Poetry is written down feeling and passion. But if you're going to post public poetry, and if you're going to, like for instance, uh, like uh, like R.H. Sin, um, Atticus, a lot of these male poets are not like, like tiny little dingy in the corner poets. They've got like thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers. And so basically what you're doing is you're just having this out, like for this massive outreach, okay? You've got this big business and everyone listens to what you have to say. So many people, like men who want advice on relationships, they go towards these men because if, you, if you're a man doing poetry, you must be in contact and you must be like, you know, connected with that kind of more feminine, 
more um, emotional aspect to your, you know, aura and soul as a person. And so what I basically mean by that is if you're a man who does poetry, you're probably a more emotional person or you're probably more like you have a more intact emotional existence and you are more just you just feel things. You OK, you are a feeler. That's what it is. You are a feeler. And so men who aren't feelers go to feelers and men who don't experience profound emotion go to men who do to seek out advice for um, dating, advice for relationships. Basically, when you do this kind of stuff, when you're a man who does poetry, you are basically... You are an influencer, right? If you're on the internet, you are an influencer. That's what you do. You influence people. And poetry is a, and writing, especially creative writing, is a very big way to um, influence people. And so when you are someone of your standing, like a lot of these men are, um, no shame to them. You need to be a little bit more careful with what you're writing because your poetry is obviously your experience and your emotion, but the way you word things and what you're putting out into the internet has a big impact on how the general public is going to view you. For instance, Atticus has somewhere over 1 million followers on Instagram. That means he's easily appearing in 1 million people's Instagram feeds and whether they're women, which I doubt there would be because no one likes to be objectified So you wouldn't support the work of someone who's objectifying you So these 1 million people are probably men or masculine presenting people, right? And so you saying that, you know, she's beautiful. She is my one-way ticket to heaven all that kind of stuff all this objectifying creepy worship of women you're basically putting this out into the internet, into the world, speaking it into existence for so many other people to learn from you. So many people are going to read what you have wrote and see that as, oh, okay, if, you know, he's got these many followers, clearly he's doing something right. And if he's into poetry, he must be um, a emotional person and women like men who are emotional. Therefore... He must know how to get women. So I'm going to see how he treats women and how he thinks of women. And I'm going to then put that into my own world. And I'm going to then put that into my own little... Um, I'm going to use that in my own context. And I'm going to use this advice and use his poems and his writing and his work as a way to um, kind of get with somebody. Like, I don't think I'm explaining myself very well but basically no shame to men who do poetry I'm a man I do poetry I get that and I think that men in poetry is amazing because it does bust down the idea of toxic masculinity and I think that men in poetry is amazing because you know it shows that we can be emotional people we can be people that do experience emotion and that's really 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 important to be able to experience like and have these moments of where you are a human, where you do feel more, like, vulnerable. <clears throat> but I think that the way these men are kind of doing it, I think that the way these men are kind of putting themselves out there in regards to the internet, it's annoying. And it's like, why are you... It's, like, I think they're being misogynistic without even realising it. A lot of these men who write Instagram poetry are being, not sexist, but they're just having this kind of, like, 
seeing women as a separate entity without even realizing that they're doing that. And I think that's really deadly because if you're doing something and you don't even realize you're doing it, you're more likely to continue to do it and not see or feel any repercussions to your actions. I just went on an absolute tangent about men in poetry. But like honestly, I do think that <clears throat> some men's poetry can actually be really, really good. And I think that some men are amazing poets. A lot of the best poets in the world or in history were men. I mean, obviously because they would never publish work done by women because that's not considered, you know, appropriate. But anyway, I digress. For instance, I found this poem. It is from Brian Bilston and it's called Composition. The human body is 60% water, he read. Then sat there, sad and frowning, wondering whether that was why he always felt as if he was slowly drowning. Now, if you heard that and drew any kind of parallels to Rupi Kaur, it's very much, um, you know, deep thought or deep poetry done correctly. And I think that this is a very good, um, that's a, like, that's a really good example that men can actually be in tune with their emotions and do it well and talk about mental health and talk about feeling like you're not good enough and so you're kind of like drowning almost like he said in the poem like the kind of like beautiful like imagery of your body is made from water but that's slowly it feels like you're just drowning and you aren't good enough and you aren't getting to a level that you think or that people expect you to be at in whatever, you know, aspect in your life. If that makes any sense. Um, <clears throat> I just also wanted to say this. I feel like a lot of male poets don't do well in poetry because I don't think it's that they are um, bad. I don't think that they're bad writers because the way that sometimes they phrase things or the imagery that they use can actually be beautiful. I think that men are so out of whack and out of tune when it comes to experiencing emotions because like prior to now, men never felt emotion. Men were taught to be emotionless. And so now when they finally do tap into their like feeling passion, being emotional, feeling and expressing what you feel inside... I feel like it easily gets um, a bit awkward because they're not used to doing it. So when they do it, it's a bit like, Beb, what are you saying? That last segment on male poetry, it's not an attack on men. I don't want it to be an attack on men. I just think that some, if you're writing poetry, you need to be careful. Okay, if you're writing poetry, good for you, Beb, because poetry is such a good way to, um, like poetry is therapy, personally, in my like mine to me poetry is therapy to me poetry is how I um whether it's reading it or, or whether it's writing it it's how you deal with emotions that are sometimes too hard to like talk about so writing them silently onto a piece of paper can actually be really a really good way to stop things from getting bottled up but if you are someone like Atticus and R.H. Sin and you are a poet online who has a large reach who has a big like a big business basically and a lot of young men do view your work and a lot of young men do see your work and kind of what you're doing you just need a you you got to be a little bit more considerate as to what you're writing how it's going to affect people 
And it's not just how it's going to affect your followers. It's how your followers are going to interpret what you're saying and apply that in their lives. Because I get it, poetry can be a very personal experience. It would be dumb to say it isn't. But you have to be more clear with how you are writing things. And you have to be so much more cautious. Because poetry can easily... There's a very, very blurred line into um, like how people take your poetry. And that if you're going to write something, how will people interpret what you've just written? Because... If you're going to be vague, like a lot of these men are, like, they won't actually describe what they're saying. It'll just be, she held me and I held her complete bliss against her body. Something like, something crazy like that. First of all, if you're going to do micro poetry, please be careful because that can turn to absolute shit really quickly. Second of all, if you are going to write about passion and romance and sex you need to be more considerate about society and you need to be more considerate about the age you're living in and how it's going to affect the people who are not only going to read it but those around the people who do read it now changing topic one thing I would just like to talk about I've kind of mentioned it a little bit but I haven't only like really gotten into it Instagram poetry is amazing because it makes poetry so much more accessible. Like if you go onto Instagram and search up poetry, thousands of poets will rock up all with differing like worldviews, all with differing experiences, people who have gone through different things. They've had different, like their, their time on this planet has been different because you know, your autonomy and the fact that you're your own person is so important because not everyone is going to have the same life. It's like, it is impossible for everybody to live this exact same life. And so when you write about your own experience, even though people won't have the same life, people do have a life that can be very similar in some aspects. You aren't going to have the same life as in every finite detail is the same, but you will go through the same shit. Everyone's going to go through at some point a breakup, um, a, a friend who turned out to be rotten, loss of some sort, whether you gain something of some sort, um, finding happiness, finding solace, experiencing pain, even though the ways we do it are like very different the basic overall emotion that is felt that can be the same. And I think that nowadays as the world progresses and more people get educations, more people can just read and write, um, technology becomes more and more accessible. Even though, yes, Instagram poetry can lead to people like Atticus writing mediocre stuff or people just writing micro poetry that is just a quote or you know, something like that. Like, even though Instagram poetry can, because it's open to so many people, um, it can lead to very, very basic kind of meh poetry, like just very pointless stuff. The other side to the coin of accessibility is that now so many more people can share their stories and so many more people can talk about what they've experienced. So many more people can describe emotions because sometimes you read a quote and it, perfectly describes how you're feeling on the inside you can't put into words what you're feeling but that doesn't matter because somebody else just has done that and it's amazing 
it's almost as though some people will put the words into our mouth. It's almost as though we feel like this person has said this thing and even though I don't know them personally and even though we are complete strangers, I've seen what they've written on the internet and I relate to this on a deep spiritual level. And as humans, we do relate to each other. It's a very common thing that that's what humans do, right? And so I think that the one really good thing, one thing I really do like about Instagram poetry is that it's so much more accessible, not just to reading something and having that change you as a person and having that mold the way you think, if it's positive, but also now you can share your story to other people. And so now other people can um, experience that feeling of I'm understood because there's somebody else out there in some far off country halfway across the world who was awake right now at this time who's just posted this thing and even though I don't know them even though we're not friends we still feel the same pains and we still feel the same trials and tribulations in humanhood okay I just sounded like an actual like that was really cute that was really good that was really fun but like I was saying Instagram poetry look look beb Instagram poetry is like everything else on this planet. There's good, there's bad, there's times where people stuff up unintentionally, like without really thinking about it. And then there's times where people stuff up on purpose. Um, it can bring, you know, this feeling of being understood and having a group of people that understand you. And it can also make people feel more separated and different and like I said, because poetry deals with emotions, it's just so, like, there's just so much to see with poetry. And what I mean by that is poetry can get so messy so quickly because it has to do with emotions and emotions can get messy really quickly. That doesn't mean we should stop being in contact with our emotions. It just means that we need to be more careful how we express them. Overall, um... That's it for me. I think that's all I need to really say. Um, but yeah, honestly, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Refined Quill podcast. Make sure you go follow my Instagram. My TikTok is currently still... There's still some, like, you know, paperwork. Not only paperwork, there's still some admin stuff that I've kind of got to, like, deal with. Um, but yeah, make sure you go... Follow my Instagram. I will be posting a bit about this episode on there. Make sure you go like, follow, um, and spread the message. Spread the message that this podcast is a place um, of literature and learning and, and understanding. Um, yeah, I'm your host, Ezra Ginsberg. This is the Refined Quill Podcast, and I honestly hope you continue to enjoy your day after this episode finishes. Goodbye.